Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Mandalorian Monday episode. And it's a special episode because it's a doubler, although we won't spend too much time on the first episode. But anyway, I'm joined by my co-host, John. John, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, I, I very much like that intro. Yeah, I used it. It's um, I can't remember what it's actually called because I saved the file type as Blues Rock. But um, mm-hmm. I used it in like a second year uni project where I had to do a video thing. So the video project was I was trying to change a sewing box uh, to being more sort of masculine as opposed to just like... I think I remember that project. Yeah, so I made a video of a guy whose like wedding outfit was all a bit tattered and then he had to like, you know, restitch a button onto his shirt, polish his shoes and and then at the end he's looking all smart and whatnot and I used that as the song in the background. So ever since then I've just just kept it because I think it's good. Look at it now. Look at it now, podcast. introducing one of the world's most famous podcasts. Um, <laughs> oh. So yeah. Anyway, how you how have you been? You be keeping well? Yeah, yeah, I've been good. Yeah, uh, good. just been working, gymming, working, gym. climbing hills. Mm, what hills have you been climbing? Uh, so last weekend I just went up Ben Lady. Uh, it's a it's not a Monroe, but it's like just shy of a Monroe. It's like a, it it's feels, a baby Monroe. Yeah, it feels like you're climbing a Monroe. So. It's a good one to get the legs tested to to get back into Munro mm-hmm. bag in shape. Uh, I've also seen one of those. Do you know the tents that you get for your car? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna get one of them for for this summer. Nice. Uh, and just go little adventures, do the Northwest 500 myself, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do it alone, do you? Sure, you could you could rope someone into that. Well, Paul might come, but it's to, I'm I'm planning on doing it for. So the North Coast 500, I think you can do in like six days. Okay. But I'm planning on doing it so that I can like spend longer at each stop. I can maybe go little detours. I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna do it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I've got plenty of time to chill. If I find a spot that I like, I might just stay there an extra night or two. And yeah. Uh, so it'd be cool to have for that. Uh, it's just it, it's very cool looking. Yeah. You know, just sleeping above the car. And, mm-hmm. You get a free annex that like builds around the side of the car, so you've got like extra storage space and shit. It's like a mini home. I know. You turn your car into a mini home. Yeah, good. I could just move out. Yeah. Who needs to buy a new build for three hundred grand? Well, you can but buy a I mean, tent. you've already said it. You're gonna do this in the summer. I wouldn't want to do it in the winter. Oh yeah, absolutely. It'd be a bit crappy. So yeah, hundred percent. Oh, nice. Definitely well done, a you. summer thing. Well, um, yeah, that's nice. Um, my only update is, as I was just saying before the show started, I've got my first round of Canadian golf. The Canadian season is finally opening up, it seems. So I'm off immediately after this. We're going to keep this one concise and to the time limit, and then I'm off to go play golf immediately after this. So hopefully. Please shoot a good score. Well, I'm going for the course record, so it should be should be achievable really um, we'll should be see. a good day in the books for yeah i went golf. to the driving range yesterday and uh i've developed a new this is very exciting i'm sure if you don't play golf but i've developed a new technique for my wedge shots um so and i was i was dialed in yesterday at the range like nice very very happy so i'm excited to take it to the course and hopefully get a bit more accurate on those sort of 90 to 50 yard sort of shots yeah yeah so it's one know. thing i've just never been never been good at yeah it's um it's it's a weird something one. i'd love to be good at though it's a weird one because in all honesty you can quite happily never practice golf and if you can hit the ball somewhat then you can just always have that for the rest of your life you can always just go yeah. whack about a bit and you know make a couple parts feel like a champion and then you do that week in week out 
Um, and then there's someone like me who's like a bit more sort of, I've done it forever, but I don't mm. necessarily practice it. I just sort of do it. But I've, because I've done it for so long, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a, st- like my sort of like bad day is probably a beginner's good day sort of Very thing. Good day, yeah. Um, and then my good day is like close to someone who's like practicing quite a lot at it. Yeah. So I think my main goal for this year is actually to practice like at least once twice a week go to the range like actually dial in on something so like yesterday i was really working on my wedges and i feel like today hopefully it's going to show in the actual game Mm -hmm. so that's my sort of goal for this season is to actually finally for the first time in my life practice it because i'm like again not trying to boast but i'm like i'm naturally good at golf i just never Mm -hmm. like give it too much time and dedication so i want to try and then maybe enter a tournament or two and see how we do yeah so how is it going with your cousin? Is it like, are you going to be going head to head with him? Or are you just um, going as a doubles against another double? Or? Yeah, I mean, we'll probably be play, we'll just prob- playing against yourself. We'll probably be paired up with two other people, but we won't be playing like with them. Um, yeah. I think we're both, for today for the first round, we'll probably just keep our own scores. But then you always, you always want to beat them. <laughs> so like if I yeah. shoot, you know, we're going to do nine holes. So if I shoot a 39 and he shoots a 40, then I win is the way yeah, I look at yeah. that and vice versa if he shoots lower than he wins yeah. um but then yeah I think something that um I want to do more of with my cousin because he's also like a good golfer and it's something that actually helps boost confidence and make you both better is called better ball so essentially you both tee off and then whoever has the better shot between the two you go to you that golf that ball, ball and you both play from there and then the same then whoever gets closer on the next one you then go play from that one and then you shoot a collective score so it's a team score okay so the best score and then you sort of it's nice because you just feel good after your round because you every putt you get two chances at it you know every chip same yeah. thing every drive so it's sort of like um yeah it's just a confidence booster really so yeah i suppose i think we'll do that like, a few like times. A quite big thing with golf is having them like this you've got to be mentally strong and confident because if you let your mental side go you're going to be i think so shit. i think that's why like a lot of beginners don't ever really get better is not that they don't practice again i don't think you need to practice like a super lot to be good at golf it's more the mental stuff like if you think you're gonna or if you just get too angry at yourself then you're never gonna like be able to relax and enjoy it so it's like that have you seen the video i think it's a couple of scottish guys and he he goes for a putt and he's not very far away and the ball just kind of rolls to the side of the hole yeah he Apologies snaps his putter and then it drops and it, in yeah like it's a that's a yeah that's brilliant excellent you know don't stamp on your club until Mm -hmm. you're you're certain the ball was going to go in i think the other thing like i mean i said this when i won like the simulator tournament like i just play like the best golf i can play is really boring safe golf so i know Mm -hmm. that my like miss at the minute is like is essentially gonna be a pull straight left right so that's my that's my bad shot at the minute so if I'm approaching a green that has a bunker on the left and the pin's like in the middle of the flag, I'm never going to, sorry, the pin's in the middle of the green. I'm never going to aim for the flag because my miss will go left, which brings the bunker into play. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to aim for the right side of the flag so that if it goes straight, I'm hitting the green and I've got a putt to make it, or my miss is actually going to end up targeting okay, sure. straight at the flag. So it's almost like, my miss, the bad shot that I can hit is actually going to turn out to be a worldy of a shot if I do. So yeah. that's the sort of like gameplay that I try and go in with is that like bring my miss into play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
rather than just thinking like oh okay right don't don't hit your bad shot because then you'll be in the bunker if i aim for the flag i'm like no like i have it so that i hit a good shot and it goes where i want it to go or if i hit my bad shot it turns out to be fucking awesome and yeah. i can get confidence from that it's a good good way of thinking to be fair yeah which is playing playing your miss essentially or because i feel like if you're it. if you're in your head and you're like don't hit my bad shot don't hit my bad shot you're gonna hit your bad shot and then yeah. you're gonna end up in the bunker it's because every, every to the right everybody thinks that like going for the flag is like the, the the main goal whereas like another thing that i do is like i i think of the i don't think i think a lot of people think of it in terms of left and right so like i'm gonna aim at the flag or i'm gonna aim left of the flag or right of the flag i always think of it as like long and short as well because if there's bunkers short or if there's like a a, a, a thick wood and forest freaking long of the hole I would rather like miss the green short or in the case of bunkers being at the front or water at the front, I would rather miss the green long mm -hmm. and then have a chip and a putt as opposed to like being in the real crap and then having no chance. Yeah. So I think more people need to think of it in terms of like short and long rather than just left and right. Good way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, on with the podcast. Let's let's go. I'm just getting so excited now. I'm so fucking ready. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> You're pumped. Up ready for I some swear, golf if I don't break the course record today, I'm going to be fucking pissed. No, I'm kidding. All right. Um, so we got to do a brief catch up on the Mandalorian episode, chapter 22, Guns for Hire, because we did not record last week. And the reason for that is I'll hold my hands up and be honest and say that I birthday. didn't like the episode and it was my birthday weekend and I couldn't be bothered recording an episode about that specific one because it was just going to be negative. Yeah. And yeah, it was my birthday weekend and there was too much fun stuff going on. I was just like, I'm not going to bring my mood down by talking about this. Mm -hmm. um, now that I've had like a week or so to like think about the episode, it's not, it's have not. Have you rewatched it? Or? I have rewatched it. Yeah. Um, it's not all bad. I think it's just, again, it's sort of, it's the placement of it in the season. So coming off yeah. the end of the last one, we heard about these like Mandalorians that had like broken out Moth Gideon and it was like something like quite exciting and it was like it was building to something. And then, you know, the armor said that Bo-Katan's going to be the one to sort of like join our two worlds. And so she was going off to get the other Mandalorians and everything that it was set up the episode before this, this just felt like such a weird filler like episode. Um and it also felt very Star Trek-y as opposed to Star Wars-y. I was going to say, it felt like very Hollywood-y. Yeah. With, the, with, it, the, like, with the big... Yeah, and that's the you know. that's the huge one. So off the get-go, right? So we open up and we're on this, like... We're on this Quarren ship and they're on the bridge and the captain, like, loads herself into the chair and all of that visually looks cool, but again, it's, it's Star Trek. Like, it's not mm -hmm. really Star Wars-y. Um, which is it is fine. I love Star Trek, and just like it felt weird. And then we have this like Romeo and Juliet forbidden relationship between uh, Mon Calamari and um, the other one, um, and the and the 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 prince actor, the the prince voice actor is just like the most English guy ever. So you know how like Admiral Akbar sounds. He's like. Like this kid is like, oh my goodness, I'm in love, ha ha ha, and I'm just like, it doesn't at all suit, like how he looks with how 
he sounds sort of thing. And I was like, well, that's a bit of like mm-hmm. a weird voice acting choice. And then, yeah, fast forward in the episode, we then get Jack Black and Lizzo. And again, like I worship Jack Black, like everything he's ever been in. I Same. love, I love his music. I love him. I think that as far as celebrities goes, he's awesome. But it was just a massive shock. Though. It just like, I could only see Jack Black. Like he's too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just see him like dressed up. It, it just, um, and then Lizzo the same. It just like the two of them just, I just don't it just see like it. just felt shouldn't be there. Yeah. It just felt like awkwardly Like it, they out. had no yeah. place in that situation. Like it, I feel it like with these types of TV shows, especially when they're not movies, like having these cameos of big actors and actresses um, or even just celebrities, like it just doesn't feel right. Like yeah. he shouldn't be there. Yeah, he should so be out teaching kids. It's also that they both just, off. they feel too like full of life, happy, bouncy sort of like characters that it seems like a fancy dress sort of party thing. So it, d- it does take you out. And then fast forward even more and we have the bad guy of the episode being Doc Brown from friggin' Back to the Future. And I didn't notice until like, you know, when they eventually caught him. Yeah. Uh, That was when I first realized I was like, hold on. Yeah. That's the Doc. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it straight away. And again, it was just another one of those like, oh, like it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. And then also the fact that he was like the quote unquote bad guy of this episode. I was like, I also didn't like that. Like, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. And no. his reaction when he gets caught and stuff is just not... He's, like, apologizing and all this, and it just doesn't seem... I don't know. The whole episode just felt, like, very bleh and very, very, like, PG. Maybe not even PG. What's the one before that? The Disney it was, like, the E? The green E or the green U? Oh, it was the, the U. Yeah, the yeah, U. The That's U. what it felt like. It felt like the babiest rating, like, three-year-old's are meant to watch this one um and yeah i just didn't i I didn't really love it the last five minutes we then have um bo-katan sort of meeting up with the other mandos saying that she's going to lead them challenging for a fight fight was pretty decent but then we get the the handing over of the dark saber and as much as that's great, and I, I want Bo-Katan to have it, and I like that Din's all behind her having it, I think that the reasoning as to how they justified it wouldn't, like, isn't great. Like, Because no. essentially, my understanding of the Darksaber is that, like, whoever wields the Darksaber bested the previous owner in combat. So therefore, yeah. you always have the ultimate warrior as your leader, Right. And she's uh-huh. sort of got the dark saber through a technicality. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that wouldn't, if I was a Mandalorian, that wouldn't inspire me to follow that person. Because that's the kind of person who'd be like, well, actually, it's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're like, actually, according to the rules, I, you know. It's like yeah. that person when you play Tig and they're always like, well, actually, I have my fingers crossed so it doesn't count. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that. that's who Bo-Katan now is in my head. And I hate that. Um, yeah. it's a it's a weird one because it's it's one of those does the dark like because for me when the droid thing that was you know like the mm-hmm. old tiny droid that bested then uh, yeah well he's not going to be able to wield the fucking dark side exactly so te- technically 
does the the ownership of that fall to him or the or it and then Bogotan obviously best that so does it then fall to her like it's there's too many questions up there I felt like they could have done it mm-hmm. better like just have a fight scene with Din and Bogotan over the Darksaber just be like let's settle yeah. it and I feel like you could also probably go back through the season and find someone else who's somewhat bested Din yeah you know and someone else has come in to help like like Grogu or someone has like come in to save the day and it's just like well then technically shouldn't Grogu have the dark like and just mm-hmm. that like wasn't like great nah, like I would have genuinely rather of... like Bo-Katan just suddenly turned to Din and been like I challenged Din for the dark yeah. sea sort of thing and then they fought it out and she fucks him up and but lets him live like that, that would have been, been great into the episode yeah so um so yeah overall have to be honest it's not uh didn't like that episode that much. Um, it sort of gets us where we need to be, but not in the best way. Yeah. However. Then, just like The Last of Us, mm-hmm. where we had a kind of shitty episode, Yeah, the next one's a banger. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. The next one, 110% blows every episode so far this season out of the water. It's insanely good. Um, again, sort of the fact that Bo-Katan ends up with a dark saber is a little bit of a, a sour taste, but it is—it's where I wanted it to go. Yeah. So I'm just sort of just, accepting that if they're all good with it, I'm good with it, and we'll just go from there. It was one of those when I was watching it, and the uh, dark troopers or whatever the mm-hmm. dark troopers, right? Dark troopers. Uh, there's the season two like robot things. Yeah. So that's the no no. It's, what was it he called? Okay, so yeah, so his clones are called the. Um, oh, hang on, sorry, I do know, but I can't remember right now. Does he not call himself the Dark Trooper? No. Yeah, so he's his armor that he's wearing is a new form of Dark Trooper armor, but he's okay, he's right. wearing it. But his clones are called like the Storm. Hang on, I'll find it. I'll find it. You say what you're okay. going to say, and I'll find it. Um, but when they were running away, it was one of those ones where you were like holy shit, like, everything started to make sense. Yeah. Like, why they had... So why uh, the Repu- the New Republic found uh, Beskar armor in Moff Gideon's prisoner ship. It's like, they, this is why they want Mandalore. Because, and it just all hit you when it was like, oh, this is a trap. We're fucked. Uh, I thought that was a really cool way of leading us down that kind of path. Because you are, like, the... the up to up to now you've kind of been like where are they taking us with this and then in that moment you're just like oh this is where we're going uh and i thought the i thought the armor was really fucking cool these are the coolest clones i i I think yeah um so they have oh they're called imperial super commandos okay i believe um but yeah so they're introduced in rebels um And then Moff Gideon sort of has like a an updated version of them, mm-hmm. but so, they do have Beskar armor on, right? I don't think they do. No, he oh, does. So his they... his Moff Gideon's armor is Beskar. Their armor is like designed to look sort of Mandalorian ish, oh, but I don't okay. think that that is Beskar. Right. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And the reason I think that is because like when they're getting shot a bunch, they they fall and die. Versus mm-hmm. uh, Paz Vizsla, Paz when he's getting taken. shot, it's it's bouncing off him because it's Beskar. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 
Um, right. So let's go break break it down from start to finish. Um, yep. And we'll go through that. So we open up, and we've got this really cool scene where um, Kane, the communications officer, she's in Coruscant sneaking around, and then this probe droid comes in and displays Moff Gideon for the first time this season. So we yep. know he's alive, and he learns that the pirate attack didn't work, and that the Mandalorians are sort of looking to come to um, Mandalore. Mandalore, yeah. And something that I've said previously, that this episode finally sort of answers a question, is I didn't understand why they were so, like, needing to prepare to go to Mandalore. Like, I was like, no one lives there. It's a desolate planet sort yeah, of thing, why so go? why not just go? And then I was also like, why is there a bunch of people sort of these uh, Thai bombers and whatnot? We didn't know where they came from and how they were defending. And they bombed Bo-Katan's castle like not that long ago and stuff. And I was like, where are they all coming from? It didn't make any sense. So this episode, now knowing that there are other living creatures on Mandalore, like a big fucking dinosaur and shit like that, makes sense that they would be scared to go there. But then also makes a lot of sense that Moff Gideon and his team are on Mandalore already. Um, mm-hmm. so that's really cool. But yeah, so we have the spy sort of thing, and then we go into the Shadow Council. So Moff Gideon and a bunch of other people start talking. So I don't know if you noticed this, but one of them was called Hux. Yep. So that is Hux from the First Order and the new movies. That's his dad. Um oh. so yeah, so this is Daddy Hux, and then dad he Hux. then has the ginger one. Hux is um, the, yeah, I was gonna say he's the ginger one. He's the ginger the one in the Force Awakens and all that. Um, but what's even cooler is that the the guy in this episode playing the dad is the ginger guy in real life's brother, older brother. No way. Yeah. So they are actually related, um, oh, which is quite cool. cool. So uh, yeah, so we have a bunch of stuff, and we clearly see sort of two people, uh, Hux and this other general, sort of leading towards Thrawn being the leader, which we've talked spoken so much about Thrawn so everyone knows who that is but if you don't watch Rebels it'll make a lot of sense um, and he's definitely going to be the big bad of the Ahsoka show um, and they're sort of it's interesting that they're all acting as if they're just warlords and out for themselves but in reality mm-hmm. they're all meeting up still and still very much like an empire kind of thing which I actually yeah. really quite like and there's a bunch of books and stuff that you can read about the Shadow Council the Aftermath like series council. and things yeah there's, there's stuff that happens. Um, but yeah, that was really cool to see. Really enjoyed all of that. Um, we then have the episode title, and it's called The Spies. And yeah. I'll come back to that in a minute because there's... As to who the spies are, I think I have some thoughts. Um, but as and when we get to the scenes, I'll bring it up. So we then have awkward scene number one of Bo-Katan returning um, with the let's call them the modern Mandalorians meeting up with mm-hmm. the culty Mandalorians and they all stand there and take off their helmets. And it I thought that was a big fuck you. Like. It was a big fuck you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause they all walk up and then they're all just like, just like, and then take them off. What we can do. And they just stare at them. I'm yeah. fairly certain. Like the only thing that they didn't do that maybe they could have done. It was let their hair down and do like that slow like motion little, girl swish yeah. around sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, huge big fuck you. And then the armored's just like, uh, oh, let's all have dinner. It won't be so bad. Yeah. Um, we then Although, like see yeah. see how they talk about how Bogotan talks like there's there's a lot of animosity within the the two groups. Yeah, I feel like they could have done a better job of 
maybe having a little bit more yeah it's um like emphasis on that because you didn't you don't really see much of the animosity no there's only there's the only ship. yeah there's only one thing on the pirate ship um or the owl ship whatever. But, it looks like a pirate ship so what i'll say to that is i i agree but i think it's more the fact that like both groups are so ready to go home that they're yeah. really reining it in like they're really yeah. trying to like not Mm-hmm. Um and follow Bo-Katan and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I sort of put it down to is they really want this, so they're sort of able mm-hmm. to keep their temper under control. Um, yeah, right. We then have the scene with um the IG eleven now turned IG twelve unit. This. I was going to ask you, what's your thoughts on Baby Yoda inside IG eleven? I loved it. Yeah, the fact that it's went like. The, the what was it ig11 unit ig11 yeah was the was the original the original bounty hunter, trying to then hunt it. nurse droid mm-hmm. now so it's like this. done it's like went full circle so it starts that it's trying to kill grogu mm-hmm. then it's helping grogu and now it's grogu's first car no it's is yeah it's his first <laughs> vehicle yeah like it's uh, i think it's very smart like it's because i was thinking for a long time that He's still very slow at walking and Din's having to carry him a lot. And we have that sort of pod little cradle thing that he floats around in. But I was like, I was thinking like, we we can't surely do this forever. So this is like, you ever seen the movie Pacific Rim? No, but I've heard of it. Okay. So it's essentially like, it's like, or Power Rangers even. When the Power Rangers have their weird morphin thing that like, uh, then Uh they all like merge into one big Optimus Prime transformer and they're just sitting Mm -hmm. in the middle of it. Or Spy Kids 3D, I think, has something similar. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's like like a ride-on sort of machine. I'm going to make a bold uh, prediction. Okay. Grogu's Grogu's first word will be yes. (laughs) I guess, maybe. I think his I, first word will be this is the or phrase will be this is the way. You think? Mm-hmm. Okay. We've already seen him, you've pointed out, like trying to like babble it. Yeah. Trying to be like the way. But um yeah, I think that might be it. Um but I do love that this also does give him an ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously it starts off super it bottom. starts off super funny of him being like, uh-huh. Yes, 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 yeah, and he's just non stop, but he does later on use it to sort of then well. just kind of turns to him and he's like yeah this isn't gonna work <laughs> yeah i'll be honest when the robot first walks in uh it's being piloted by one of the zelens the little like hey God, like that little uh-huh. thing and i thought that he was just gonna become part of the gang i didn't be, at be all think that this was for baby yoda i just thought uh-huh. that this was we now have a zelen and he's piloting the robot and i was like cool but then, no, as like, soon as he, I, I seen he, him, I was like, "He's gonna hop out." See, I didn't even, I didn't see. think that until it happened, and I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Well, this, this is, is interesting." Yeah, so really like that. Um, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, happy days. Uh, we then have Bo-Katan giving a little bit of a speech, but essentially we can skip through that. It's just them going to Mandalore, and then we're on Mandalore. We get a scouting party who's going ahead, and then the rest of the fleet is staying in orbit. Um. And when they first get onto the ground, they start wandering up, and then this weird sort of sail barge thing comes into view, and we find that there's a few uh, Mandalorian sort of Mad Max kind of looking, like very yeah. rugged, not so great. Um, and they 
yeah, realize it's Bo-Katan. They sort of talk and say that they can show the way to the Great Forge because that's the plan is to is to secure the Great Forge. To go there. Now, here's where I'm going to bring back the title of the spies. Okay. There's something fishy afoot. There's something fishy afoot for a couple people. Okay. So. Sp- I think the title is referring to someone in the Mandalorian camp is spying for Moff Gideon mm-hmm. to yep. say like when they're arriving, where they are, what their plans are, all this sort of stuff, right? Yes, yeah, so they're always one step ahead. Candidates. The most obvious are these rugged Mad Max sort of Mandalorians that we just bump into, right? Because uh-huh. it's like, how are they living on Mandalore or how do they survive the purge? Like what deal did they cut kind of thing? Yeah, the other one though that I think is quite suspicious, and there's a bunch of camera angles and stuff in here, is the armorer. Like the armorer, really? Yeah. So think of it like this, right? The if it's the armorer and the Mad Max people, the armorer like leaves conveniently before the trap. She's like, "Oh, I'll take all these wounded people back up to the ship," right? Mm-hmm. And now think of it this way: What if? those wounded people aren't actually wounded and the armor is taking essentially a bunch of these mad max people up onto the ship for like a surprise attack and take control holy shit i didn't even think of that and like why would the armor like volunteer for this mission and then the very first chance to get like she doesn't really need to like she doesn't need to take them back i don't think like why her um and yeah there's just a few scenes that it just doesn't quite it just looks weird the way that she is and the camera pans on her for too long or something. So. To be fair, I was kind of half expecting, you know, when they were coming back through, like when she was taking them back to the, the, the fleet, mm-hmm. when they're going through the clouds and stuff, because it kept on like cutting away and then coming yeah. back, I kept on thinking that she was going to see the fleet and it was going to be surrounded, surrounded by, by TIE fighters or something. Fleet. Yeah, I thought the same. Yeah. Uh, and then when that didn't happen, I was like, shit. Yeah, so, but then even that, like, why were they focusing so much on her going back, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then the next one it could be, I'm blanking on his name right now, but is the guy. The guy, the, the leader. That we fought. Yeah, the one that bo yeah. fought. Because he jetpacks out of there. No one shoots him somehow. He is getting mm-hmm. covered or whatever. But also, like, where is he going? Because, like... The armorer just took their ship. The ship. Yeah, I kind of thought that so was, was like, weird. Like, how he, he said he's going to go get fleet? back up and go to the fleet, but there's no ship for him to go to to get, and he can't jetpack yeah. all the way up there. No. So I was like, where the heck are you going, bud? So mm-hmm. I think I, also I it could be him. I was like, can you not remember that the ship left? And Well, he's no already way. announced himself as like a gun for hire, right? And that's all that he's doing at the minute is just taking money. And then Bo-Katan beats him, or maybe he lets her beat him just so that he can be back on the good side sort of thing. But I think he could already be on the uh, the payroll of, the, of yeah. Moff or something. Well, to be fair, after the episode where we seen the, Repu- the New Republic guy, what's his name? Blue? Not Blue. Yeah, Blue. Yeah, Blue. We see him find... The best got armor, and then this episode after that, we come into, we come to find all these uh, guns for hire Mandalorians, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, all right, okay, they're the ones that helped Moff Gideon escape. Yeah, and then they kind of seem like the good guys, and I'm like, all right, maybe they're not the ones that helped him escape. And then, I, and then when we seen the 
when we've seen eventually when the ambush happens and we see that he's like Moth Gideon's got the best guard armor. I was like, all right, maybe he's got a, a fleet of soldiers himself that have got the armor mm-hmm. and that's how he's. Uh, but now, yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions. There is a lot, but it's good. I like that. I like that. There's there's different options it could be, and if it went any one of them, I would I would feel satisfied with it. You'd still you know? be happy, yeah. I'd be like, cool. Um, right. So we're just gonna fast forward a bit because I'm running short on time. So we talked briefly about yeah, Paz Vizsla and him having a bit of a fight, bit of a kerfuffle. That was good to see. Um, we then have the giant Godzilla-like creature that they have to sort of run away from. That's kind of mm-hmm. scary, but they didn't really have to fight it, just sort of avoid it. Um, I thought that was one of those mythosaurs. That's what I thought first. it was going to be originally, but apparently not. Apparently this planet just has dinosaurs on it. And that's I'm like, wild. that also though kind of makes me upset. I was like, what makes the mythosaur so great if there's also if there's these other, other huge fucking kaiju dinosaur things on it? Um, yeah. yeah, we then have the slow transition in the mines when they get attacked to getting more and more imperial looking and and sort of operational there's lights on the walls and you're like holy shit this is like a working base and i'm like oh my god moth gideon's here like and that's that was really cool Uh because they just start running it's the way it's filmed they're like running and they're in tunnels and it's like it doesn't mean anything and then suddenly there's lights on the wall and then suddenly there's like proper imperial looking like walls and then there's a huge hangar and you're like oh my god there's that was a really good reveal really good yeah I, I like thought, that I a lot. That too. Yeah, I thought that too, yeah. Um, we then get Din getting cut off from the rest of them, and he gets captured. Originally, I thought this was the end of Din. Really? You thought they were going to off him? Yep. So, because on, so before I watched the episode, on Facebook, it, uh, there was a title thing, uh, a post, and it was like the, the, the showrunner or the director has said that Din Djarin is no longer the Mandalorian. Mm. So I was like... So, okay, who's he's gonna have to? I think that might refer to Bo-Katan Yeah, now so when the dark saber. What? Yeah, when that happened, when Den said like he put his hand in his chest and he was like he mm. was there to serve her until her last breath. Yeah, I was like, okay, maybe that's what it was referring to. I think so. That would be my guess. And then when I seen him captured on his knees, I'm like, he's just gonna slay him. Here's in front the thing, right? So. I didn't think that because it's Star Wars, but if this was Game of Thrones, his head would be coming off right there and then. Oh, that's, yeah. Moff Gideon would come down, take off his helmet, and then just swing, and his head would be Uh off with some sort of huge battle axe. (laughs) Yeah, I I Um, thought it was game over, especially when they were stripping his armor. I'm like, he's he's getting massacred right in front of all his mates. Yeah. Also, tiny, tiny, tiny note. Um... Moff Gideon's helmet has little horns on it, like the Maul DeLoreans when Darth Maul sort of was in control of Mandalore. And I think that that's a tiny, tiny cool touch. I don't think it's going to link to anything other than... Essentially, Moff Gideon is taking the best of everything he knows and making it, right? So he's taking the best of the Mandalore, he's taking the best of the Empire, the best of the uh, cloning... And I think even acknowledging that the Moldalorians are pretty badass, so he's put horns on his helmet or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, just very, very cool. I didn't even notice the horns. Yeah, I, that's the first I thing to, I noticed. I, I was to... like, oh, it's a Moldalorian. Yeah. Um, yeah, we then have Din gets taken away. And then we have uh, Vizsla, Paz Vizsla, having his heroic save everybody Fight by you. sacrificing himself sort of thing. And great he's way to fucking, go out. He's a badass, isn't it? Like, isn't he's it just so good? He's just clotheslining people and shit. Like, I love that his gun heats up, 
and then he just starts uh-huh. hitting people with a gun and then he's just bare fist just fighting the one. shit out of some mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. it's very good and then the uh temple guard i think they're called um but uh-huh. the guys in red come out with their pla- plasma saber sort of things and cut him down to shreds but i'm fairly mm-hmm. certain those are the ones who are then later on defending snoke and then that's when Ray and uh, kill them all. Uh, ben, like, yeah, kill them all in the in the Last Jedi. So I think that not the same people, but like that's but their that's, role. That's who they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that was really cool. Great death scene. Lots of meaning to it. And then that's it. Yeah, that's the episode. It was a sad way to end it, but it was. But like, lost, it was it was purposeful. And I also think that. Again, because of shows like Game of Thrones, I'm actually up for a good death now. Like, I think that yeah, it's great to see. Sure. It's so much better than them just always surviving. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's no real stakes, you know? No. Yeah, um, it's like when you're watching it, you know they're not going to die, so it's, there's no intensity to Yeah, like, it. it doesn't matter. Like, And you could say that pretty much about Star Wars all the time. Like, there's never mm-hmm. really a huge death scene. I mean, that's why I think that the Phantom Menace and Qui-Gon Jinn getting off is actually quite powerful because I don't think anyone would have expected that from a Star Wars movie. No. You know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, amazing episode. Super awesome. As to where it's going, it could go so many different ways. We, have to, we have to find out who the spies are. Uh-huh. Um, we have to regroup. Uh, find out where they've taken Den. Find out where they're taking Din, if it's going to be a rescue of Din, like secret rescue, or if it's just going to be an all-out brawl. So um, was that episode seven? Yes. So I believe so we've only got one more. Two more episodes. One more, I think. One more episode, okay. One more, yeah. Damn. There's a lot to do in one episode. So yeah, I, there is. I'm hoping it's going to be a longer episode, and it's essentially... I, I feel think, like it's going to end on a cliffhanger. So here's what I'm really hoping. Like, I will say this is um, completely... I don't see this actually happening, but if it does happen, I'll be so freaking happy. I want them to put out, like, a call to friends. So I want mm-hmm. to see Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, um, the uh, uh, Cobb Cob Vanth, mm-hmm. like people like characters like that even maybe ahsoka like if ahsoka could show up like anybody even luke maybe like just like a call imagine a call imagine out boba imagine boba found the uh tuscan tuscan greener woman yeah. imagine he found her and she came back i know like it, just something like that like a call to arms and like uh-huh people just a massive show up. crossover episode yeah like even freaking um like blue and then um who do we just see uh carabasque that guy always says Car- mm-hmm. from rebels uh zeb oh, zeb. Uh, zeb zeb yeah. like even, stuff like that like just just throw a bunch of them in like we don't even need yeah. that long with them just they're there and they're just, all fighting or something just like, have oh, them there, yeah be so good so good. it would be a very avengers endgame feel it would and maybe that's too much for like this but yeah. Oh, I'd love it. It's exciting. I like it a lot. It I like where we're at. Um, again, the episode before this was uh, was uh, was not great, and I'm upset yeah. that it feels like a wasted episode. But uh-huh. I think in rewatching this, I would just skip that episode. I mean, the only thing you need to know is that Bo-Katan now has the dark saber, 
yeah. But if you just know that, I don't think you need to rewatch it. Um, no. But yeah, that's it. That's all we have. That's all I've got time for. I'm afraid. I've got to run and grab my golf clubs and head to the course and break a record. So hit some balls and hit some get them balls. in the holes. Crush my cousin into dust. Yeah, we're just playing Good friendly rounds. So anyway. Um, as always, everybody, you can follow us at Pineapple Theory underscore podcast. Do apologize. There was no full episode this weekend, but I'm going to hopefully uh, record some episodes coming up with some friends and, and stockpile a few. And me and John will probably record a few as well. Um, we can't use McKinley at the minute because she's in the middle of her exams. Way so, too busy. Way, way too busy for our nonsense. Um, but yeah, Big just... Fudge. We'll try and get at least one episode a week, whether it be a Mandalorian episode or a full episode, and then we'll try and get back to the full two episodes in the next week a or week. two once Mick's done with uh, her exams. We'll have options. So, But yeah, you can follow us on Spotify um, and leave us a five-star review. That would be awesome. I've been your host, Reese. You stay classy, San Diego. My co-host, John. We'll see you fucking later. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.